and cons of dating your financial opposite. Boy, they really got into the money issue, didn't they? Well, you know they would. They said being in a relationship with someone who doesn't view money the same way as you do has its advantages and disadvantages. On the pro side, dating or being married to someone with an opposite side money person can give you insight into a different financial perspective. If you're the spender in the relationship, for example, dating a saver could expose you to positive money beliefs and habits that you may not have experienced growing up. Or if you're the saver, you could be the one set be the one to set a positive money example for your spending partner. The downside, of course, is that money can become a source of disagreement between the both of you. For instance, you may each have certain money deal breakers that could make the relationship a no-go. That might include things like being in debt, having a poor credit score, lying about or hiding money, being unwilling to discuss money. If you're an amasser who's focused on financial security and increasing your net worth, you might be frustrated by your partner who's a avoider and takes a head in the sand approach to money. The bank expert Freebird says that her money deal breakers include avoiding credit card debt and making sure the bills are always paid on time. But since her husband prefers not to get bogged down in the details, it's largely left up to her to make sure they aren't breaking their own financial rules. It can be a little lonely at times, and I do have to keep resentments in check. But for the most part, we both have what we want, she says. How to keep money differences from hurting your relationships. Not being in 100% agreement over money doesn't mean that you can't have a happy relationship. But you may need to work a little harder to achieve it. With that in mind, with all that in mind, here are some tips for managing your finances as a couple, even when your money personalities are not identical. I know you're ready to write it down as I grab my water. It should have been tea since I've been using my voice the last 36 hours. You ready? Accept your differences. While you don't have to necessarily accept bad financial behavior, such as being secretive about money, you do have to accept that you and your partner are two different people with two different money viewpoints. Communicate. Without a doubt, communication is key to make a relationship work when you're not on the same page about money. Both of you should feel comfortable communicating with the other what you feel about money and how to manage it in the relationship. Talking regularly about money can help you both understand where the other person is coming from and what's driving their money beliefs. Remember now, you need communication. Once communication breaks down the relationship, any type of relationship is going away. But you're talking about having knowledge so that one can understand so that thereby one is able to communicate openly. 
Be respectful of your partner's financial goals and priorities. You already know that respect is important in any relationship, even when money isn't a concern. Being respectful rather than pointing fingers or lecturing can help keep the lines of communication open so you can continue working on improving your financial picture together. And how about those boundaries? When you don't take the same approach with money, there needs to be some ground rules for managing it. For example, you may decide to keep your bank account separate rather than mingling money. Or you may set up one joint account to which you both contribute an agreed-upon amount for your shared bills. Having boundaries you're both comfortable with can reduce the odds of running into money. Disagreements. You know it's true. And while you're disagreeing, can you kind of keep it fair? Because if you're sharing expenses as a couple, make sure that you're doing it fairly. For example, if one of you makes more money than the other, then instead of splitting expenses half and half, you might agree to, sp- to split them based on how much each of you make. Another important thing to keep in mind, says Friedberg, if you're the polar opposite of your partner when it comes to money, it's to keep it friendly. A successful couple learns how to navigate these differences with professional help if needed and let go of trying to change the other. Is that what you're doing out there? <clears throat> well, in my book, which I'm not promoting, I talk about individuals who are seeking individuals just like them. For example, since we're talking about money, you, the seeker, you know, S-E-E-K-E-R, you went by a pond of water and you prayed. You prayed, P-R-A-Y-E-D, not P-R-E-Y-E-D, unless that's what you're doing. Back to my water. But you prayed for a money person. And it went something like this. Oh, God. Now, again, now, I don't know what God you're praying to now. But back to the prayer. Oh, God. Please send me the money person, person with money. And you went out there every single day by that pond of water. And you really was praying, you know, tears flowing all down the eyeballs, sweating out your hair. You know you just went to the barbershop or the hairdresser. You were praying so hard and tears was flowing so deep. You even began to take a sponge and a bucket with you. Then, all of a sudden, your eyebrows became windshield wipers. That's how deep you were praying. So each day, you would go by the pond of water and pray, Oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, please, please, please send me a money person. And unbeknownst to you, there was an owl, O-W-L, sitting in the tree, listening to you, watching you, and they got tired of it. So you was praying that day, and finally the owl said, who, who, who? You said, anybody, as long as they got money. Well, let me ask you a question. You don't mind, do you? Did God answer your prayer? 
Well, let's see. Go ahead. I don't even need to drink my water on this one. Well, not the God of the scripture. You say, what? Okay. Well, you know, I'm t- <laughs> it's not funny. But I am kind of tempted to tell another story. But I... <laughs> But how about from a biblical perspective? Oh, by the way, 2024 is going to be a, a, a year of laughable stories. You know, 100% chance of sunshine. The Bible warns against the dangers of debt and encourages us to live without our means. Couples should avoid taking on unnecessary debt and work together together to pay off any existing debt as quickly as possible. And you know, <clears throat> before you became husband and wife, you was boyfriend and girlfriend, girlfriend and boyfriend, were you not? So you want to try to manage your money and marriage not your way, not your way, my way, this person's way, that person's way, your so-called friend, this person, people you don't grabbed off of whatever transportation mode you're using to get their opinion because the word says not Gary or your pastor or the pew member. The love of money. Didn't say money now. The love of money is condemned as a sin primarily based on texts such as Ecclesiastes chapter 5 verse 10 and 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 10. Now, you know I always encourage you to independently read for you because it's relating to greed. Greed. You know, G-R-E-E-D. The relationship between love and money. Love and money. The person went and prayed. They were willing to give up their love to you or to you or to you and you and you. They're respective of your skin tone, your degrees, lack thereof, your zip code. As long as you got money. But the relationship is complex. You know, and it can vary depending on your individual circumstances and values. Because for some people, financial stability can contribute to a sense of security and well-being in a romantic relationship. How would you like to be in a relationship with somebody? You name the person. I'm not because you got to live with them. And every time they look at you or you them, all you see from them is not their intellect, not their overt appearance, not their weight, not their outfit, not their Apartment, living on a condo, mansion, yacht, helicopter, whatever the latest device, all you see is the love of money. You know it's true. So you want to date another person who only have money, and for those of you in a relationship, why are you or the other person that's in your life with you? Why are they? Have you thought about it? Is it for your money? Are they with you for your looks? Are they with you for your intellect? 
Matter of fact, are they with you for that car, that home, that yacht, that helicopter, that plane? Matter of fact, are they with you for that robot that you may have? Because I know you heard my segment on AI and men and girlfriends and androids. Don't you want to know why they're really with you and what they want from you? Well, since we did mention 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 10, the word, not Gary, for the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. How many of you and you or you and you and you can identify we forget a lot of times that the spiritual enemy and two legs as well, depending on their motives, may study you just to see what your vulnerabilities happen to be and test you. Is yours the love of money? Upcoming Challenges of Faith radio program. Another relational topic. This next week, though. We're going to talk about the Esquire, you know, the attorneys. I know you're ready for it. You sure? Okay. Until the next time.